if we can shut off that source of misinformation and that obstruction, it actually becomes much easier to solve all the problems we need to solve when it comes to climate. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Ann Pinkerton, and today we are going to explore how advertising efforts have supported the fossil fuel industry in delaying the progress towards climate mitigation. But before we get there, I invite you to join our social channels, support us on Patreon, share the podcast with your friends and family, anybody really, um, who you think would like to know about us. Uh, and thank you to Resource Labs for having us on their network and welcome to all the Earthlings that have found us there. And if you don't feel like doing any of these things that I just mentioned, that's okay too. We appreciate you just the same. Now, as many of you know, I run a PR firm called Technica Communications. And in that role, I spend a lot of time supporting startups in the energy transition, climate tech startups, mobility startups, sustainability startups, um, clean energy, renewable energy startups, um, just runs the gamut. And I'm not alone as a uh, as, as founding a company that has this ethos that's really focused on um, the climate tech transition. There's a lot of great creative agencies that join Technica in that effort. Problem is, there's a lot of agencies out there that are double dipping. They're taking money from clean tech startups or companies that are involved in the energy transition, and they're they're working with those companies to push the agenda of accelerating the energy transition, mitigating climate change. And these same companies are also taking money from fossil fuel interests to delay the transition uh, to a cleaner energy economy, uh, sow seeds of doubt, and deny that we have a problem. And in any other situation, that would be a direct conflict of interest and agencies wouldn't do that. But for some reason, we have a list of agencies that are, are doing that. And today's guest is going to talk about that with us because the IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, says that advertising and media strategies of the fossil fuel industry have become central obstacles to climate action because they sow these seeds of doubt in the minds of the public and more importantly policymakers. and these polluters are also using these tools of influence to avoid taking the steps needed to stop the climate crisis um and when creative agencies work both sides of that equation they're putting their own profit before the planet so today's guest might even go further to say that double dipping calls into question the ethics of those agencies. That's why his organization, Clean Creatives, puts out this annual report of the agencies who are, in his mind, um, impeding the progress to mitigate climate change. That's right, Earthlings. On today's podcast, we are naming names. Uh, my name is Duncan Meisel. I am the executive director of Clean Creatives, which is a campaign to get advertising and PR agencies to stop working with fossil fuel polluters. And if you just sort of take a half step back, the really excellent messages that they've been using to manipulate the public, to mislead us on climate, um, are created by the same creatives who market every other product. 
Um, it's the same kinds of agencies, the same kinds of relationships. And if we can shut off that source of misinformation and that obstruction, it actually becomes much easier to solve all the problems we need to solve when it comes to climate. Yeah. What, what, what's an example of a campaign that people might recognize that maybe they didn't understand was being promoted by fossil fuel interests? Yeah, there's been this multi-year, multi-channel campaign by Exxon to promote um, algae fuels. And this was, you know, on TV during football games and any national event you could think of. And uh, they worked with the New York Times to do special ad inserts and, you know, all, on and on, algae fuel, algae fuel, algae fuel. And it was created by, you know, a combination of agencies. A big one involved was BBDO, which is part of uh, Omnicom and uh, UM, which is a media buying company that's part of IPG. And, uh, you know, this was an ad that says basically Exxon's investing in creating fuels made from algae in order to solve climate change. And, you know, we don't need government action because we're, we're on it. We're going to be able to fix this. We don't need electric cars. Please continue business as usual. And basically every part of the ad was a lie. This fuel was never sold to consumers. They knew the entire time that it would never had commercial potential. Um, and we know this in part because there were emails released by a congressional investigation where you can see Exxon scientists talking to BBDO executives saying, this is not real. <laughs> like, you cannot say these things. And of course, they went ahead and did the ad anyways. And so um, it's very striking that these kinds of things are used in this way where you know, they try to turn away from the idea that they're basically a company that you know buys and sells minerals. And no, 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 we're a technology company. We're investing in innovation. And if you hey, if you had a chance to look at their emails, you'd know differently. But also, if you just look at their financial reports, Exxon spends 99% of their capital expenditures on oil and gas expansion. It's just not accurate or uh, appropriate to advertise clean energy as, as that company. Mm -hmm. And then if you extrapolate the effect of those ads, like it's a Super Bowl ad, right? Yeah. Millions of people around the world are watching it. And the, the feeling that they probably get from that is, oh, oh, look at that. Oh, now I feel good. They're on it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't need to be in action. I don't need to be concerned and, and, and take action in my own community because, because this is already taken care of. Yeah, I, I think of it as like different ways to undermine the sense of urgency about the solutions we need. Um, because when you take, I mean, there's a reason that oil companies like to advertise the idea that they're renewable energy companies, because people like renewable energy. <laughs> like if you ask the most people really love a climate solution, uh, no matter what it is, but they are focused on making those solutions seem far off or difficult or, you know, able to achieve without any, any regulatory action. It's like really about instilling different kinds of doubt about what scientists have very clearly asked us to do, which is to support coordinated global government action to reduce fossil fuel emissions. That's what we need. That's the scientific consensus. And basically every form of fossil fuel advertising and PR is meant to undermine that consensus in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's oh, this makes me so angry. Um, it's not it's not it's not cheery <laughs> stuff unfortunately <laughs> but there is a solution oh we are working on it okay thank you that that leads to my next question so you've put out these reports for several years called the f list and the one i found was from 2020 and it it dealt with the these agencies that are that are taking money um and handling fossil fuel business so who do you think are the most surprising culprits on this list of yours 
Well, the, the F-List is the, we, we like to think the most comprehensive database of agencies and their work with fossil fuel companies that exists anywhere. Uh, it's probably not completely comprehensive because a lot of this information is getting harder and harder to find, it turns out, that they're increasingly starting to shield this information from the public about what they do. It used to be that you could go onto an agency website and they'd be like, great, isn't it great that we work with Chevron? And now it's quite hush-hush. Um, you know, the, what really struck me was that you know, of companies that like to position themselves around purpose, that really think of their mission to be, to help companies find their true meeting, to do good, are also working with the companies that have, who have declared to investors and regulators that they're going to destroy the planet. And I was just very struck by that. And, and I think that it's worth looking at the question of purpose that these companies provide, both for their staff and for their clients, and um, really think about why they do that. You know, if you're an agency and you say we're a purpose agency, you're doing that because brands are looking for it, but also because it's something that attracts great talent. The young people, smart people, they want to be part of changing something and being in an agency with a bunch of smart, capable change makers is highly appealing. Uh, and I think what happens when you work with these polluters is that it undermines the appeal of working there. It, it's less exciting to be working for a company that's going to help um, destroy the planet than it is to one that's going to help transform the economy towards climate solutions. And, yeah. you know, that's just a fact. You know, people who were marching in 2019 as part of the global climate strike as, you know, a young, young person in high school or college, they're entering the workforce now. They're in their first jobs and they're asking this question of their peers and of their bosses. And it's going to be harder and harder to get them, you know, to join at all, and even if they do join, to be excited about um, this huge source of work. You know, from my perspective, there are a number of of agencies on your list that do that take that that handle PR for both fossil fuel interests and clean energy interests. And if I was a clean tech CEO, I I would want to know that because. Here I am spending a lot of money with a company trying to to hoping that they're going to help me promote um, what I'm doing and further the energy transition. And then this company, some other team, some other in probably in some other office is undermining my efforts or the efforts of my PR team. And in a way, they're like double dipping here. I, I think it's really important to understand the risks of having fossil linked agencies as a clean tech company. Um, you know, the purpose of this PR and advertising is not just to mislead the public. It's to mislead investors. It's to mislead regulators. Um, it's to make it harder for to, for them to shift the money out of what's dirty and into what's clean. And, and you saw a really incredible spike of advertising, particularly by Exxon on Twitter and LinkedIn um, around their AGM a few years ago when there was sort of the first big votes on whether to install, you know, uh, engine number one, I think it was, onto the um, board they were really trying to stop investors from engaging in the transition. They were trying to keep the money in their pockets and not in the pockets of clean energy companies. Um, and so I, I, think, I think it's important to look at PR as an investor-oriented strategy, as something that limits or shapes you know, investment patterns, and also importantly shapes regulatory patterns, You know, the, the types of actions that governments take are determined by what they think the public needs, um, by the influence of these ideas on elite actors. And the PR and advertising is 
by the fossil fuel companies is meant to mislead those actors. And it's something that um, can shape the way the economy functions. It shapes the way investors think. And it is a double dip because uh, the energy the fossil energy companies are most interested in reaching concerned citizens. And they are using the strategies that clean companies are using to reach concerned citizens who are their natural base, their natural audience, their natural customers to brand the fossil fuel companies to that audience and to brand them as a peer when they're not, when they are fundamentally invested in the old technologies and the old tools. So it's really vital to understand that there is, a, a I think, a conflict there. Um, and to I, I really hope that clean technology companies see an interest in supporting something like clean creatives to clean up the PR industry, because um, it is something that could very much, I think, affect the outcome of the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, from my perspective, I do know that, of course, there, there's been a lot of of um, exposure around Edelman and 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 the fossil fuel money they take and the clean tech money they take, um, uh, as well as, you know, I just did a quick search from your, I did some, there's a couple of companies I know that operate within the clean energy sphere. So then I was like, okay, let me look at those. Hill and Knowlton was another one where they oh, have boy. a big splash page that they believe, quote, it's imperative to transition to a net zero future and is committed to playing a positive role in the process. And that as a company, they uh, don't want to, they don't take work to mislead people or they don't take work that downplays climate change. Right. But at the same time, they're on your list. Oh, they're not just on the list. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Hill and Knowlton runs the oil and gas climate initiative, which is the international consortium of the world's biggest polluters to divert the energy of UN bodies away from climate action. That is their job. The Oil and Gas Climate Initiative, their offices are Hill and Knowlton's offices in London. If you want to send the mail, you have to send them to Hill and Knowlton's office, right? Like they are, it's not just that they are associated with these companies, they are the lobbyists for the biggest polluters on earth, um, working together to delay and deter coordinated global action on climate change. It, It is, there is, I, I, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's hard to be shocked sometimes, but the fact that they have a splash page saying they're committed to a net zero transition and it's imperative, like, it's hard to think of like a more dishonest take on uh, their actual work, which is among the, the worst. And, you know, Edelman is another great example of this because Edelman is the world's largest PR firm and they do more work for fossil fuel companies than anyone on earth. And it's really quite a bad look. They've been dealing with this issue for a decade. You know, in 2012, a bunch of people went to Edelman's offices in London. They took off all their clothes and, you know, super glued their hands to the floor to protest Edelman working with the gas companies um, to expand fracking in the UK. And we've been, we're much nicer than that. We've just been saying, uh, you know, things about them on the internet. But uh, they, you know, at the same time that they were working with um, Tazo, which is a tea brand, to plant trees in communities affected by environmental justice uh, or environmental injustice, environmental racism caused by refinery pollution. They were working with the refiners. They were working with the American fuel and petrochemical manufacturers to put more pollution out of those refineries. And it's like, this is not okay. (laughs) Like just, and what's frustrating about it is I'm sure that there are very likely people listening to here who have relationships with people in Edelman or Hill and Knowlton or any number of these companies with people who are fantastic, like with people who are very good at their job. 
and yeah, and are dedicated and passionate about yes. representing. Yeah. And and it's just really disappointing to see the leadership of these companies undermine that, to stand in the way of the people who have the skills and relationships to make this happen. And and you know, I I, I have the most sympathy for those people. You know, I uh, I, I really do hope that they we can help them find a way out of this because it's not sustainable. It's not going to work in the long term to build a company around that, uh, around yeah. that contradiction. Absolutely. Because, and you know, it's like, there's a big, an old adage in our industry, which is, you know, nobody gets fired for hiring Edelman, right? So the theory there is like, <laughs> you are working with a company, you're the marketing person, and, and you got to hire a PR agency, and you can't quite choose, and you don't want to be blamed for any poor performance. So you just go hire the bigger, biggest PR agency. And then yeah. you're not going to get blamed for it if something goes south. But maybe you should get fired if you hire Edelman. Uh, on some level, I think, yeah, keep hiring Edelman. But when you do it, say, we're only going to keep doing this if you change your approach to polluters. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, like that's that, another way to go about it. You know, it uh, at the end of the day, like our goal is not to get companies to drop their PR firms. Our goal is to get PR firms to drop their fossil fuel clients. And there is a role for every single person hiring these companies to raise the issue, um, to ask questions to, and insist on answers. They need your business and they need to work with you. And like it, look, this is the most consequential lie that's ever been told. This has, this, these lies have had more impact on human beings and human suffering than anything else that's ever been done by corporate actors. And I, I just think you should not associate yourself with it if you do not have to because it is deeply toxic and you actually do have a great deal of leverage in these conversations. And even if you're just raising the question, even if they say, we're going to get back to you and you never hear back, the, you're, you're making that lie harder to tell. 100%. Also employees, prospective candidates at these companies also have an opportunity to ask any PR agency that, or a, any creative agency that they might um, be applying for a job for if the agency has taken your clean creatives pledge. That's right. Yeah, we, we, we make that pledge public. And, you know, there's there's lots of good companies out there that haven't taken the pledge, but have said, like, actually, we're not going to do this anymore. And so you may I don't want to act like we're the, the last word on it. But it it's really worth asking. And it's worth asking because it's something when you ask, they have to think about it again. And you call in anytime you have a chance to call into question these relationships, I think um, the closer we'll be to actually getting them to end. And speaking of bringing awareness to this, uh, I was really amused by the guerrilla tactics that that you guys uh, put out when you you claimed the handle ad net zero on social media as a way to attempt to negotiate with this organization uh, regarding its fossil fuel clients. So tell us what you did and what effect it had. So AdNet Zero is, brands itself as advertising industry's response to the climate crisis. Um, it's uh, a kind of coalition of advertising companies, PR companies to um, primarily address the footprint of the industry in terms of its production uh, and sort of most immediate internal carbon footprint, things that come from offices, travel, um, ad buys, things like that. And that's all fine. <laughs> you know, like that's all like, we should all be cleaning up our footprint. That's a good choice. Um, and, but it's not leadership. It's not the response to the climate crisis. That's doing your part. And so, uh, all the companies involved in this in one way or another have deep and extensive relationships with fossil fuel companies. And so, um, 
we decided to register the handles at AdNet Zero um, and launch those channels for them uh, to say that it's important that an organization that brands itself as advertisements response to the climate crisis actually respond to the climate crisis. Like these companies do 75% of global carbon pollution comes from fossil fuels. If you're not responding to this, you're not responding to the climate crisis. You're not doing your mission. Um, and so we, we've been using those channels to share information about the campaigns and projects that AdNet Zero sponsors engage in with fossil fuel companies as a way to really highlight that and continue kind of putting a little bit of pressure on them to do their part, like, which we need. Like we do actually, it would be wonderful to have this organization and this network of all these actors do their part. Like that would be the best. We, we do need an organization like AdNet Zero, but we needed to have standards and we needed to have uh, principles. And uh, I don't think those are adequately in place right now. That's really amusing. I, I encourage you to do to do more of that. It's <laughs> very entertaining as well, right? We we thought it it, it was fun. I mean, it, it it's important when you come up with campaign ideas to have them make you laugh. If they're funny, then like it's probably worth trying. And you know, yeah. there's lots of ways it could have gone wrong. And uh, they they were very gracious about it. I, I don't think they enjoyed that we did it, but they were like, "Well, you got us." <laughs> um, and <laughs> Yeah, like like I said, it's like we need we need something like this institution to work, and our job is to help make it help align those incentives. We'll say this has been a fascinating conversation. I have one more question for you, Duncan. Please, when you look to the future of advertising, PR, creativity, creative agencies in general, and the fossil fuel industry, what do you see? What can what do you think we can expect? A couple things. Um, one is there's going to be a shift away from this product. And that's going to come for one or one of at least two reasons. One is that um, global demand for oil and gas has peaked. Global demand for coal has peaked. Um, this is not an industry that's going to grow. And when they can't grow, a lot of the financial, all a lot of the banking and financial aspects of the company begin to get messed up. We'll say it becomes a lot harder to service those loans um, to keep paying dividends. And the financial side is going to start to diminish. And when the financial side diminishes, the first thing that's going to go is your advertising budget. Um, that's not, that's how a downturn works. The second thing is that there's going to be coordinated regulatory action on this. Um, you know, the Supreme Court just said that um, state governments can continue to bring these companies to court um, and state to state courts um, to talk about climate damages, uh, to talk about the fraud that they perpetuated on the public. And you're beginning to see the outlines of the kinds of legal maneuvers that led to the effective end of tobacco advertising in America. Um, that these sort of like, you know, what happened with the tobacco companies is they got sued by a bunch of states. Um, they were being sued in enough places. They eventually had to settle with all those states at once. Um, and the federal government set in and said, okay, this is how we're going to wind down this area of activity. And you're getting at least the first building block of that. And then you're also getting the EU um, beginning to sharply regulate how greenwashing claims can be made. You're getting France banning fossil fuel advertisements. You're getting a whole host of fossil fuel advertisement bans in Australia and South Africa. And more and more, there's going to need to be some sort of uh, broad agreement by the ad industry about how, ad, ad NPR industry about how they're going to approach this area of work. And I think there's only a benefit from acting sooner. Um, you're only going to get ahead of this if you take action now. The the real risk is that you're caught behind. You have to call more lawyers. You know you have to wind down. You have to wind this down quickly rather than in a thoughtful way. Um, it's just better to get going on this now because the end 
will come. It's just a question of how much damage it does to your business and to the planet. You know, you know that phrase, like when the rats start jumping the ship, that's when you know yeah. it's going down. <laughs> so I wonder if we'll start seeing some of these folks on your F list who start making, you know what? Yes, we're going to, we're going to take the clean creatives pledge. We're going to, we're not going to, you know, take this money from fossil fuel interests anymore. And if that, if they're being proactive in that, I wonder if once, once you start seeing enough of them doing that, if that could be a signal that, that these, these fossil fuel interests are winding down their relationships. They don't have as much money to spend. They're spending it with lawyers instead of advertising. Yeah. Do you think it could be like a signal in a way? There will be a moment in the next couple of years where you'll, everyone will realize we're at the beginning of the end. And I think we're close to it. There's 610 agencies that have signed the Clean Creatives Pledge. They're not doing it because it's you know, just an easy one-off. They've made really thoughtful business decisions on this. And uh, I, I think this like anecdata, I would call it, you know, of like all, these, all this information disappearing off websites. Um, you know, we did the first edition of the F list and I went back to like refresh it and like a lot of URLs were missing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was this example of uh, a big pipe, a, a bank in South Africa um, that was trying to build an oil pipeline and they had been represented by Edelman and all of a sudden Edelman's not working with them anymore. And it happened after Edelman announced a new criteria for how they're going to approach polluting clients and like they had to switch agencies. And it's probably because Edelman didn't want to be associated with this pipeline anymore. And like, that's, there's lots of evidence that there's something happening here. And I think the quicker and clearer it is, the better it will be for the industry as a whole, for the companies involved, um, and hopefully for, you know, everybody else trying not to die. <laughs> yes, I, I try not to die every day. And that's so far I've do. been successful. <laughs> <laughs> What strikes me about Duncan's work, Earthlings, is that he's only scratching the surface of the support network that the fossil fuel industry has. I mean, yeah, creative agencies are that aspect that shapes the hearts and minds of the public and regulators. But, you know, there's accounting firms that are reassuring the investor class. There's law firms that stand to reap huge profits as more lawsuits are brought to bear. Uh, recruiting firms attempting to convince people to keep working in the fossil fuel industry. The professional service sector at large, I think, has a choice if they're going to enable the bad behavior of the fossil fuel industry or if they're going to transition their business away from fossil fuels and towards the future. And those that do it early are going to be in a better position to weather the storm that's coming. And, you know, from my perspective, companies with an ethos to ensure the future of life on this planet, you know, climate tech companies, uh, energy transition companies, sustainability companies, um, you know, those companies have a responsibility to hire service firms that can confirm they're not double dipping. And they can ask these firms that they're interviewing uh, if they've taken the clean creative pledge. And, you know, when it's revealed that these companies are in fact uh, participating in these delay tactics to mitigate the climate crisis, uh, we all get a chance to say this isn't a match anymore and find service agencies that are in alignment with our collective future. And in fact, maybe in the future, 
we expand that Clean Creatives pledge to be a more overarching pledge for service firms that, that service firms can get behind and say, look, we are not going to enable the fossil fuel industry anymore. And with that, Earthlings, we will see you again on another turn of this beautiful blue-green space flower we call home. Please do take care of it because it's our spaceship after all.